this has given us an opportunity to not only follow our dreams and create this company, but also we're impacting lives and we were able to start a nonprofit. And it all started because we kind of closed our eyes and jumped. Welcome to the My Future Business Show, where we get you in front of your best audience and keep you there. Not only are we interviewing the biggest names in business to help you become even more successful, we're inviting you to book your spot on the show to help you grow your business. So at the end of the call, make sure you fill in the interview application form at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. Hello, 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 and welcome back to today's show. It's wonderful to have you back, and it's wonderful for me to be here because I've been talking with my next guest offline about our love of dogs and pets and all these other wonderful things we're talking about. And uh, with that being said, I'm on the line with the wonderful Amanda Norman. Normine. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and that was one of the things we were talking about. Is it Normine or is it Normine? It's Normine. I knew I'd blow it. <laughs> That's all right. Like I said, I'm very used to it. So I just roll with whatever. <laughs> Fantastic. Now, just for context, I'll be sharing with everybody that uh, you're the CEO of an executive recruitment firm called Normine Lombard, Normine Lombard now. <laughs> and that's obviously with your good self to talk about recruitment at that business and what you do differently that stands out against the competition. That's going to be a wonderful in-depth conversation because I know a little bit about that field. Um, but before we do that, I'm wondering if we could, Amanda, learn a little bit about you. Now, where are you calling in from today? Uh, so I'm from the Portland, Oregon area, Portland, born Oregon. and raised in the Pacific Northwest. Very good, very good. I love it. And I love the, uh, the is it LED in the background, the Normine Lombard? Yep, uh, LED. You know, in case I forget where I work, sometimes I can turn around and be like, oh, there it is. <laughs> oh, now I remember. I remember who I am now. I, right, I, right. I, I, I often spend some time talking uh, about... Uh, people's lives because I think it brings a, 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 I guess a bit of a different sort of angle to the show. I'm wondering if you could tell us, is that where you've lived all your life? It is. I uh, was born actually in the small town that we're based in, which is just west of Portland. Uh, was born here and could not wait to get out. And as soon <laughs> as I moved out, I could not wait to get back. And so eventually just uh, really grew roots here and it, it just is one of those places that gets you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, home, is, um, the, uh, home is where the heart is, they say? Absolutely. A lot of family here. And so I think that's the draw. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you like doing with yourself when you're, when you're not working? You know, I love the outdoors, which is a huge reason to why I'm drawn to the Northwest. Um, I mean, in an hour in either direction, one hour I can be at the coast or yep. one hour I can be on the mountain um, and be skiing. And so I just really love all things outdoors. It doesn't matter if it's hiking or, uh, you know, rolling down a icy hill. I say rolling because I'm not really good at skiing. Um, so, <laughs> but uh, it's just really the being outdoors. I love spending a lot of time with my family. And um, I have a family of all boys and lots of dogs. So outdoors is, and actually one of them is barking down there. Um, so it's, uh, it's just one of those things. Outdoors is something we can all do together. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. I, I, this is what I get value from out of the My Future Business Show. This for me is where the, I guess the core of the call is, is to learn a bit about you, your family, your lifestyle. And, you know, ultimately will lead into where you, um, how Normine Lombard actually came about. But uh, tell us a little bit about your pets. 
Sure. So <laughs> I uh, I have two pit bulls. One is a pit bull lab mix, who's my oldest. We call him King Louie. Um, <laughs> kind of rules the roost. Um, and then I have a, a purebred pit bull that we rescued as a puppy. And so he's super attached to me and pretty much goes wherever I go. Um, and then we have the border collie that came with uh, with my boyfriend when he moved in a while back. Right. And the border collie, it's funny, everybody thinks he's the sweet one and the pit bulls are the, you know, the protectors. But no, the pit bulls will lick you to death. The border collie is the one you got to watch out for. <laughs> <laughs> now, might I add, my wife has a beautiful uh, piece of artwork on her back. It's a phoenix. Now, I know that you enjoy ink. I personally don't have any ink because I'm too scared. <laughs> Does it hurt to get that sort of thing done? Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I don't think so. And I'm someone that used to be afraid of needles, <laughs> but, um, it, it's very different than a shot. And mm. it's funny that you say that because I have a Phoenix on my neck. Oh, wow. That's a little bit, <laughs> little bit uh, out there, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It actually comes up the top and it's, um, and it's, it's funny. It kind of leads into my story. Um, many moons ago, two decades ago, when mm -hmm. I first started out, I came from a place where, you know, a place of poverty, didn't have a lot. And right. um, I made some really, really bad choices. Um, I mean, if, if there was a bad choice to be made, I made it. And <laughs> so I had to start from kind of like ground zero. Mm -hmm. And that included starting over new relationships, new, basically new life. And the Phoenix on my neck was my representation of my change and, you know, kind of from from the ashes arose this new individual and um that's so i just thought that was really funny you brought that up because that is my most meaningful tattoo that i have oh my goodness small world just got a little bit smaller and that kind of a bit stranger at the same time right <laughs> now look um when you uh when you um go about your day i'm wondering i'm not an early riser are you an early riser what's your day look like you know, it's um, it's funny. I kind of have to be. Um, so I have three boys to get ready every morning for school. And so it's one of those things where literally from the moment the alarm goes off, you're running around constantly. And by the time they're gone, I'm like, oh, I can go to work now. <laughs> and so used to not be as much of an early riser. But at this point, it's kind of like, you know, with modern day schools and schedules, everybody's kind of staggered. So yeah. we literally start the marathon at 6 a.m. So if I want me time or a cup of coffee, then that better be at 5 30 <laughs> or earlier. <laughs> well, my, uh, my household's full of boys as well, and they're just about to go back to homeschooling because of the pandemic. Are you uh, going through any of the similar things or? Uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. I actually have a little one that got sent home today because there there was an exposure on oh. Thursday in his class and I'm like it's it's Monday he's fine and they're like yep he's got to go home so we constantly have them sent home we don't have school bus services half the time it's I mean it is a complete mess right now and it breaks my heart because these kids are they're suffering yeah they are suffering and my and my youngest um he said to me yesterday, Daddy, when, when can I go back to school? They're, they're words I never thought I would hear a child say. <laughs> right. I, I remember, I mean, out here in Oregon, we don't, we don't get a lot of snow. So when we get snow, it cancels school. Oh. And that used to be, when I was a kid, we would just like hope and pray. You know, if the news said <laughs> that snow was coming, we're like, yes. 
maybe school will be canceled. And so the concept <laughs> of school being canceled for a year plus is like, to me, I'm like, this is a kid's dream come true, but no kids miss their friends. They yes. miss school. And it's just, it's just heartbreaking because they're missing normalcy, you know? Mm, absolutely. Thank you for sharing. I absolutely agree. Now, winding back time when you were younger, a child as it were, um, what do you remember fondly from, from those early days? Was it, you know, throwing snowballs? What was it? You know, I, I grew up in a small community, the one that I, I live in now. And I remember we had maybe 3,000 people in that community. And so I remember just people. I remember knowing everyone. Like as a kid, um, of course it bugged me. You couldn't go to the store without your mother or your grandmother <laughs> knowing everyone. And it's like, oh, yeah. never leaving here. <laughs> but also like... If, if there was a down day, you could walk out of your door and a friend would be there, right? Like there was always something to do. There was always just a sense of community. Um, there was a lot of like community pageants, um, you know, things that were just very small town, but the same people always there. And it was almost like having a 3000 people family. Yeah. And I remember growing up and just thinking, gosh, this is this is the kind of community I want my kids to grow up in. Yeah, things have changed, haven't they? I remember being able to sleep in a hammock out in front of my, my grandparents' place in a place called Mount Barker. And nowadays, you couldn't do that. You'd have to be in locked doors, and things have definitely changed from our time, I guess, as children. Someone would steal your hammock uh, yeah. nowadays. You'd go up there and be like, didn't I have a hammock? Out? Or, or someone would move into it, and you would have someone living in your hammock. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask some rent for that. Thank you very much. No. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now, no, Things have changed a lot, I absolutely, would say. Absolutely. And, and when we do grow up, we, we, we are often surrounded by people, not only that we love, but people that are inspiring to us. Did you have any people like that in your life? You know, I had a lot of people like, like that in my life. But I have to say, my grandparents, who they raised me a good portion of my life. And actually, just recently, my grandmother passed away. And mm -hmm. so I got a chance to kind of reflect on what she meant to me but I would say that they are the people that made the biggest impact in my life and if anything it's because they always taught me that I could do anything and be anything and I don't know by being told that enough I literally still believe that as an adult and um, it serves me well usually, but when people say I can't do something, I'm kind of like, oh, oh really? Because really? wanna... my grandpa <laughs> told me. So, <laughs> so he, uh, good or bad, he set me up for uh, for all that I am today. <laughs> oh, bless their souls. They sound like wonderful people. Now, um, I have a I have an idea of what type of music do you like? You like, but what do you like? So. I like anything that makes me want to dance. Ah. And so that ranges from, and oh my gosh, it's funny. My, my friends and I were going to go to a Shinedown concert here in a few weeks. So I'm really into like that kind of music, but also I like country. I like, I like things that move my soul. I even like uh, Christian gospel music. It oh, just wow. kind of depends on the, depends on the moment, but it, it's just got to make me want to move. If it makes me want to move, I'm going to like You're it. You're <laughs> into it. Now, I know before yeah. we, we talked about, um, you know, being up and going early in the morning, getting the kids, you know, out the door, basically. But when when things get quiet, how important is it for you to have some downtime, some relaxation time? And do you meditate? What do you do? Do you just sit still? What happens for you? You know, 
that is honestly the hardest thing for me is is downtime mm. and I can't, um, I personally struggle with ADHD as an adult. And so downtime for me, if I just sit, like meditation is honestly just a moment for me to sit and fight with myself internally. <laughs> so we don't even, we don't even try that. But I've learned that activity and exercise in which I'm like doing something busy. So I'll go for a walk um, if it's nice enough. I have a treadmill, I'll jump in sometimes if it's rainy outside and just, yep. I find that if I get my body moving, then my brain is allowed to think about things other than just, you know, what am I going to make for dinner? Oh, did I, did I check that email? It's, it's so important. And so I've kind of been forcing myself to train and do for, do activities that, you know, force me to take that time. Um, my friend just signed us up for uh, the Spartan race, which oh. I may die uh, <laughs> during that, but uh, oh, please <laughs> don't. that's why I'm like, wait, I think you give me too much credit. Uh, but, Often I'll do things that, you know, I have to train for that where it'll really push me to make sure I spend that time because it's hard to find me time. I'm yeah. sure, I'm sure you experience that as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's funny because recently we were, you were talking about referring to technology momentarily ago. And I wonder, do you, leading on from a conversation I've just had, do you leave your um, mobile phone outside of the bedroom or do you take it with you at night? Oh, I'm so bad about this. <laughs> gotcha. I take it with me and it sleeps next to me. Yes, and, me too. Oh, and I, you know, it's one of those things I'm torn about because I'll even have my kids, you know, turn their phones in and usually I charge them for them. So at least they're away. Yep. Mm -hmm. My teenager, it's almost like taking away his life. So yeah. we fight about it a lot, but <laughs> I am so bad about it, and I feel like um, I was watching a podcast the other day, and it was uh, Elon Musk was talking about AI and how we are already robots, right? We already have an artificial extension of ourselves, and gosh darn it, he's right. I sleep by it every night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to start trying to leave it in the kitchen, but we'll see how that goes. <laughs> now, um, I'd love to pivot the conversation a little bit if we could and talk about your first ever experience as an entrepreneur. I remember mine. I went around and I was um, selling um, cookies and things like that, little things and washing cars. What was yours? Do you recall? Oh, I remember. I uh, <laughs> So I lived kind of, as I mentioned at the beginning, I grew up uh, in poverty, right? Mm -hmm. I lived in what would be considered the project. So these, you know, apartments that there was a lot of kids in those apartments. And once I hit 13, I realized that, hey, I'm a pretty good babysitter. And the more kids you babysit, the more money you make. The more money you make. Yeah. And so I kind of started this like group of people that all hung out together. And I was like, well, I could just watch all your kids together and just rotate. And I remember one time I was watching 12 kids. I mean, shh, I'm sure that was not legal. <laughs> uh, back then, there, back then nobody cared about no, rules, no, no. right? <laughs> and I remember being like a mama duck, right? I'm here, I'm 13 years old with all these kids following me and I yeah. had them all summer. And I remember thinking, hey, this, this is this I could do this and so it was it was like the babysitters club but only me <laughs> oh, I love it I love it thank you for sharing now Amanda we often hear about the success stories but we often uh, don't talk about the failures um what have you learned from failure have you made any failures as an entrepreneur along the way oh I've made a lot of failures as an entrepreneur and 
even in my company, you know, Normine Lombard, which I consider a successful venture currently, wow, did I mess up so many times. <laughs> and I'm like, if I could have written a letter to, you know, it, to starting out me, so many things I would have told myself. But honestly, it's all those failures that make it taste so much better when you have the success. So, no, there's been so many times that I've failed and been like, oh, well, I guess we learned from that and just kind of have to scrape yourself up and Keep going do it forward. again. Yeah, I know yeah. on the other side, what have you learned from taking a chance? What's the upside? I also would not be where I am now if I hadn't taken a chance. Um, you know, about 10 years ago, I was working in a franchise, mm -hmm. kind of doing the same thing. I mean, I could have continued doing that under their umbrella. And had my partner and I not taken a chance, I don't know where I would be. Um, I, you know, this has given us an opportunity to not only follow our dreams and create this company, but also we're impacting lives and we were able to start a nonprofit that helps youth and train people that are coming out of prison. We are just able to do so much that I never dreamed. And it all started because we kind of closed our eyes and jumped. Is that your work as a volunteer as the board vice chair? Is that what you're referring to there? Yes. Fantastic. Um, yep. So we just kind of followed our passion and that was honestly a big part of creating a headhunting or, you know, placement agency was because of our passions and helping people take a step in their lives. Because we specialize in the consumer goods space, it's hard to impact everyone through the nonprofit we're given an opportunity to impact more lives and really kind of change people's, um, you know, outlooks where we don't get that chance in our professional world always. Yeah, that's wonderful feedback. Thank you very much. Now, I'd love to talk about uh, the genesis of Normine Lombard in a moment, but uh, I'd love to um, first look at that from a niche perspective. You talked about what was the, what was it, commercial goods? What was the niche? Uh, con consumer goods. Consumer so, goods. Anything that you would find in a retailer, so natural foods, camping gear. Um, we do even work on like the commercial side, military tactical, but it all comes to like a product focus. So if you create a product that you or I as a consumer could buy, mm -hmm. we work with those companies and fill all roles within them. Oh, fantastic. Now, well, let's talk about the genesis of Normine Lombard, that moment, that day, that point in your life where you said, you know what? I think we should put this together and how did it come about? You know, it's, I was working with my modern day business partner and we were both working in a franchise and in an environment that did not fit us. Um, you know, we, neither of us were happy. It just, we just wanted more, more than more. what was offered yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And it, we looked at each other one day and said, are we going to do this? Let's, let's take a chance on us. And it was just literally that day that we just made that decision. That afternoon, we walked in and opened a bank account and we actually called it the solutions group because we felt like it was a solution to our problems. <laughs> and um, flash forward after doing some research, amazingly, there's a lot of solutions group. So that's not a great brand. <laughs> um, and so uh, we, we did some changes, but it was really that day that we just kind of said, we're done working for someone else. We're done being unhappy. Let's take charge of our happiness. So I, I wonder, you know, there must have been in the early days, you know, that uh, formative stages of this organization, 
some pretty tough days where you were trying to find um, clients and obviously matching them with um, the right employees. Tell us about the early days of the business. So it's funny that day that we're like, hey, we're going to do this. It's going to be great. We know what we're doing. We felt so sure it was going to be great. Um, the next week when we were actually doing it and I realized I don't have a software system. Wait, uh. how do I how do I track what I know, right? So here we are ready to start, but operationally, we had no idea what we were doing. Wow. And it was kind of that moment where we're like, oh, this is why people do the franchise thing, right? Like we need all of this infrastructure. So it was, it took us about six months to really get our feet under us. And not only, it wasn't even about finding clients, it was about how are we gonna serve clients in the way that we thought we were going to serve them because we we really missed some of those main operational pieces so it took us a while to get software in place we ended up building it mm -hmm. um it was yeah it was quite a journey from going from the idea and concept of this is going to be great to oh we actually own a business <laughs> yeah wow that you know and these are great stories for those who have not yet walked the path because there is a lot to be learned from those who have now, what, what are one of the you know, main things you could share, I guess a, a piece of sage advice for somebody who's wanting to start a business, what should they be on the lookout for? Know where you're gonna make money. Right. So it's interesting, I do a lot of business co um, coaching and consult with uh, new entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. done that through like the nonprofit side. And I've met so many people that they're like, oh, I want to do this, but they don't think of how they're going to monetize it, or they don't have a plan for monetizing it. Um, they don't do their pricing. Maybe they want to open a restaurant, but they don't really know what it's going to cost. And it's that business plan of sitting down and spending that, you know, however long it takes you to hammer out pricing and, and planning and doing things that we forgot, like we need a software, yep. um, you know, it, that planning part is so, so, so important. Because we didn't do it, we were immediately behind the eight ball and we ended up having to take predatory lending. I mean, we almost went out of business trying to just get started in business and wow. we didn't set ourselves up right. So take that time to plan. Don't just jump in head first because it's dangerous. Yeah, thank you very much. That is definitely sage advice for those who are on the call today. <laughs> be, on the, be on the lookout for how to monetize your business. business. Otherwise, I think you've only got a hobby, as they, yeah. they often say. Now, um, let's yes. shift focus. Now, I know that you have a presence on LinkedIn. How important is LinkedIn to how you operate your business? Is there a part to play there? You know, it's a huge part to play for, for us in how we operate. Um, but also I feel like having a presence on LinkedIn is so important in today because it offers a, a validity. Um, it's kind of a, a public resume, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so we use LinkedIn a lot, not only for purposes of, of finding people, but of verifying who we are and who we know. So you can look at me and then you can connect with and look at my network. I make it public so that people can see that we're in the right space, we know what we're doing and, and who we're working with. And so I see it as a super powerful tool. And I always tell people, if you don't have a profile, even if you're not looking for work, build one, you know, yeah. have it and just consistently add to it because it's such a valuable tool. 
Yeah, because that's oftentimes the first place I look when I'm, uh, you know, looking for somebody to help our business or there's a guest coming up and it just gives them that, I guess, that piece of credibility, doesn't it? It really does. Um, it, it gives you so much. I mean, it's, it's like a Wikipedia page that you control. Yeah, absolutely. Now, in terms of your actual business uh, website, Normine Lombard, what are people going to find there and what's your process? So it's interesting. Um, since we are a very niche firm and we only work in the consumer goods space, our website is really kind of catered to our process and how we operate. And it's geared more towards clients because we're, we're very client facing um, mm -hmm. versus finding people jobs. Um, but we have resources on our website that go to planning for an interview, um, prep that can be used across the board um, for really any, any interview preparation. Um, but you're also going to find if you're a hiring manager, you can absolutely apply our process. So we even have our what, five steps to success process that's mm -hmm. on there from um, because we don't post ads, we take a, a very proactive approach that includes kind of selling your company and selling the opportunity. It's a way that we suggest any company that's growing approach hiring versus the traditional throw an ad up and just see what sticks. See what sticks. Because I think this is obviously about the caliber of uh, applicants as well. How do you, do you use intuition at all in, in this process when you're speaking to someone? Do you have that face to face? Absolutely. So we, um, for our process, when we talk with people before our client sees someone, they've made it through three individuals in our company. So they've made it through the visual, um, you know, the visual person that's in our research team that says, yes, their background visually looks like, you know, they have the right education, they have the right chops. Mm -hmm. Then they've made it through a 15 minute phone call with a, an introductory recruiter, someone that just kind of talks about the role, talks about your background. And then they've also then made it to a more senior individual where they've talked for half an hour to 45 minutes where they really dive in to everything about them. The great thing about that is then we have three different impressions of this person from three different people and, and standpoints. And we find that by applying not only very specific questions, those individual team members through their gut feeling can almost always nail who's going to get the job. Yeah. doesn't even necessarily mean the person that answers the questions the strongest. They'll all be like, oh, no, we talked to candidate number two, and they it's that personality. And so oftentimes it is very much that gut feeling more than, oh, yeah, they, they did four years at Princeton, you know. Yeah, the data attributes, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you thank you for sharing because I think this is giving some insight for, for how people can plan um, if they're coming to you, which I'm hopeful that you do at uh, normine-lombard.com. I'll be making sure that that link's available. Um, but if, um, if you don't mind, I'm wondering if we can learn a little bit more about your team. Sure, absolutely. And it's interesting. Um, my team comes from all walks of life. And um, the interesting part is they all come with a passion for listening and kind of applying what they hear and what they know to helping people. Um, so my business partner, um, Jeff, he and I have worked together for about 13 years now. And um, he comes from the investment banking side. So he works on a lot of our roles that are, you know, CFO positions, M&A roles, ones that make my brain hurt. <laughs> I'm like, what is this? Um, well, I handle more of like the sales and marketing stuff. Yep. Um, our main office, recru uh, our recruiting director, Tyra, 
she has grown with us for the past three years. And I actually recruited her from the publishing company that I worked at in a previous life. So she was a prodigy um, that I brought in and actually recruited to the team. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of her. Um, and then I actually have some family members in my group. My oldest son and his girlfriend both Fantastic. work for us. Excellent. Um, as well as about four other recruiters that are spread across the country that have come to us from different, um, just kind of through the process. And we are all such a family. And I feel super blessed to work with the people I work with because I, I can't say enough good things about them. They all just have such a good heart. And you all have a very bright future as well. Now, I know that uh, this business obviously has relationships with employers and employees. And given the pandemic that we're going through at the moment, is there more online interviewing and assessments and setup going on than there is face to face at the moment? Or Oh, absolutely. Um, we especially when when I mean, airlines are so hard to count on. So we try to avoid them like the plague right now. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, but it's a. Uh, we, we find that companies are really doing a lot of things remotely. And honestly, companies that are trying to get back to the way things were, which there are some that are like, hey, this is over already. Everybody back to the office. Yeah. Those companies are struggling mightily um, because the problem is no matter how much they want to be back to business as normal, the world isn't normal yet. Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier, my son was just sent home from school. I got a call at 10 o'clock today and mm. by 11, I had an 11 year old here with me. And mm. if I worked in a regular environment, that would be a problem. And so we're finding that people or companies that are not, you know, they're not understanding. And adapting. And adapting, yeah, they are suffering and they're really struggling to get people because People want flexibility. They need flexibility right now. Well, we've got the, uh, you know, we've got the structure there, don't we? We have the technology, we have the willpower, and we certainly have the, uh, the need for it. And, uh, you know, a lot of people are finding that, that adaptability, the conversations that I'm having is that, you know, working from home, if you've got a solid internet, good computer, um, you're good to go in many respects. Absolutely. And what we find is that you know people have adapted their lives around working from home. Um, many people have created spaces just yeah. for themselves to work from home. And so to be told that they're not allowed to do that or um, not trusted to do that, it, it's kind of inferring, um, it, it just infers something to the employee. And mm. so we're finding that people are flocking to companies that either offer remote reporting or that say, hey, if you have to be home, be home come in for a meeting, um, you know, the ones that have that flexibility, they are definitely having a lot better luck. Yeah, the tide is absolutely shifting, certainly having lots of conversations around that very topic. So thank you very much for your for your insights on that. Now, given that we're at the pointy end of the call, we're gonna be uh, obviously asking you, if people wanna work with you, where are they gonna find you? So the best place to find me, I mean, LinkedIn, kind of like we were talking about, that's a mm. great place to go. Um, I uh, And I am an open networker, so feel free to connect away. Um, also on our website, you can go right to normainlombard.com. And if you reach out to us through there, your message will get directly to me. Um, so feel free to reach out. And I love mentoring. Um, so, you know, if we can help, even if it's not personally, maybe you're not in this space, but mm. you want some direction or help, like I said, I love networking with people, always happy to give advice. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, 
I was starting out a decade ago and had no idea what I was doing. And so it's taken a lot of stumbles. If I can help someone else to not stumble, um, you know, I'm always willing to do so. So either through the, the website or LinkedIn, both great places to reach me. They sound like wonderful offers. If you're on the call today, make sure you reach out to Amanda and her wonderful team at Normine Lombard. Look, Amanda, you're a wonderful soul. I've really enjoyed this call. Thank you so very much for joining me on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the call, then make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, share us with your friends, and book your spot on the show at myfuturebusiness.com forward slash interviews. And if you're looking for solutions that will help grow your business, then visit myfuturebusiness.com forward slash shop.